Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. I'm Patrick Harrington from Miley Geeky in Boston. And I'm Michael Rog. Hello. And, and today we have on a whole host of people to talk about whether Craft CMS should use Yee3 or Laravel whenever it comes to that decision. So I'm going to introduce everybody real quick and you can just say hi. So Andrea, hello. Hi. Lindsay DiLoretto. Hey there. Ryan Ireland. Hello. And we've got Phil Zangle. Yo. And we got Matt Gray is awesome. Am I? And we also have Ransom Roberson. Hello. All right. I think we got everyone in here. So the reason this is kind of a thing that we wanted to talk about. So first of all, we did a podcast with Brandon Kelly back when Craft 3 was first hitting Final Candidate, I think it was. And one of the things I asked him about was, what did you think about you did all this work to refactor everything? Did it make sense for you to switch over to from Yi 1 to Yi 2? Or should you have perhaps done it on Laravel? And is it Laravel or Laravel, Phil? It's Laravel. Laravel. Okay. Or should you have done it on Laravel? And the interesting response he gave was that when they started doing this, when they started porting everything, Laravel really wasn't at a place where it would make any sense to it do it. It didn't exist, was, if I remember correctly. I want to say it existed, mm. but it was not super stable with lots of versions coming. I may be wrong. but I think whether, by Craft Launch it was out, but yeah, like you yeah. said, not stable. But I think when they first started development, it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't a twinkle in uh, Taylor Atwell's eye. Well, I'm talking about Craft 3 <laughs> development, not Craft 2. Oh, oh. Well, yeah. But I mean, I think that was part of it is that when they started Craft 1, yeah. Laravel wasn't a thing. But yeah, exactly. Like, would they want right. to stay the course with you or do a, a replatforming? Right. And what he said at the time was that when they were looking at essentially rewriting all of Craft from Craft 2 to Craft 3, that Laravel still wasn't entirely stable at that point in time. And you understand that it took them, I think Craft 3 was released in 2017, but they started work on it three years before then, or maybe even longer than that. So the platform, the decision that they made was long before. So we're talking like 2013 or 2014 when they were deciding on the, the platform for this. So at the time, he was basically saying, well, it just wasn't really quite there yet. And I also had our notorious Phil Zangle on, and we're talking to him about doing custom applications in Laravel. And I asked him the same question. I said, well, hey, you know, what do you think about the decision that was made when they did all this work to port craft from Y1 to Y2? Should they have just done it on Laravel? And Phil, essentially what you said was, well, you know, I kind of defer to the decision that Brandon and the, the team made at the time. And you had confidence that at the time they made the decision, it probably was the best choice, right? Yeah, I... I gave you a really solid non-answer saying yes. I don't have all the insights into that decision-making process. Right. In other words, you very much covered your own ass and made sure you didn't say oh, anything yeah. bad about it, it anybody. Was, <laughs> it was very political. Yeah, I understand. But now we've reached a little bit of a different state where... And this is all triggered by the fact that Brandon has talked both on Twitter and on Discord about the fact that the changes from Y2 to Y3 are going to be relatively significant. And because of that, they are looking around. So if it's going to be a lot of work, does it make sense for them to move it from, instead of moving it to Y3, does it make sense for them to just do all the work and move this thing to Laravel? And understand that we're talking about something that is years 
down the road, I would imagine. I don't think this is an immediate thing, but I'm curious to, to hear your take. So Phil, I mean, I addressed you last. So tell me, what what are your thoughts on this whole subject? I haven't looked at what, what the change set for E3 is going to be or what that's mm-hmm. going to involve from an engineering standpoint. Yep. But if it's significant, the, the main objection I would have to replatforming at this point is that all the developers that have built plugins would have a pretty significant amount of work to migrate those. But if it's going to be work anyway, as someone who lives in the Laravel ecosystem quite a bit, the Laravel ecosystem is, is vibrant and uh and has a lot to offer so it, it would be something i would strongly consider if i was brandon kelly Are you insinuating that the e- ecosystem is not vibrant i didn't say that but i did infer it <laughs> yeah. I, I looked at the docs before i got on this show <laughs> i mean I, I think it would be somewhat accurate to say that it is not the same as the laravel community in terms of there is a just a ton more focus on Laravel. And there's tons of developers out there that are using it to build custom apps and this, that, and the other thing. I guess my question would be, what Craft needs as a platform is very different from what you might want as a platform if you're just building like a custom app or something that runs in the background or a command line thing. And Laravel itself uses a ton of components from Symfony, which is yet another framework. Is it going to work? Well, I mean, that's a question that's more geared towards the engineers building. And if we can judge based off of what Pixel and Tonic has delivered in the past, I would say absolutely. The the cost is going to come to having all the... And, and I believe that Pixel and Tonic has already built some Laravel apps. Isn't isn't the... Uh, what's the developer thing? Why can't I think of the, the hub they use for... Um, Craft ID. Yeah, Craft ID. That's Laravel, correct? Nope. Oh, it's not. Nope. I mean, so they're going to have... Their their dev team is going to have to get up to speed with all the Laravelisms. But the, the big advantage that I would see is that Laravel has Laracas and Laracas is hands down the best PHP learning space around for this type of thing. So the community would benefit just from an educational standpoint of the migration to, to migrate to Laravel. Yeah. Uh, Andrea, did you have something you wanted to chime in on here? Yes, I did actually. What Phil mentioned, community resources such as Laracas, I think that's a big advantage. And I haven't seen anything like that for Yi, and maybe I've missed it and somebody can let me know. But it seems it's my perception that Laravel would is more approachable to learning for novice uh, plugin developers and people new to craft. Well, we have someone on the podcast today who does a little thing called craftquest.io, who probably is feeling a little bit hurt, Andrea, that you said that there's no kind of video training resource. What do you think, Ryan? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not hurt, but actually that would be one of the biggest advantages is the existing amount of people that are both teaching and willing to learn things on Laravel. I mean, it's just, I agree with Andrea. It's much more approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it as a huge win. I don't see what I, like if they do go to Laravel, I don't see it as what I do as directly competing with Laracast. I think it, it actually could be complimentary because a lot of people that are coming to craft, they're necessarily looking to build like their own Laravel application. They're looking to build an extension of an existing Laravel application if if craft was built on it. Yeah. And I think there could be a lot of, a lot of positive... Well- what we're talking about, like a replatforming of, of Kraft's underbelly, is a problem that probably touches half a percent of, of people who actually use Kraft. Yes. Like m- most most people who use Kraft are living right. in the control panel and in Twig templates, and they could not care less whether it's Yi or Laravel under the hood. But but I think that there isn't one of Taylor's kind of superpowers as an architect, and one of the big advantages that Laravel has as a growing platform is 
that Laravel culturally just seems to really focus on developer experience in a way that that other big PHP ecosystems don't. The funny thing is, Michael, they actually get mocked for that, which is amazing to me. Like I see people from the Symphony community that are kind of crapping on Laravel, saying that they do everything horrible, which to me is crazy. I mean, the fact that they offer a really good way to onboard people and a really good developer experience, and that to me, that sounds like a great thing, not something that should be crapped on, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen some really the more a, a lot of the more personal you know vitriol i'm sure that it's out there but right. but I, i'm fortunate to kind of steer clear you know i mean i think there's there is a good case to be made for there's a threshold of obscuring functionality in the name of kind of magic and ease and and developer experience and you know it's kind of like what we experienced we've experienced it lots in lots of iterations you know people who learned air quotes learned jquery instead of learning javascript or people who learned rails instead of learning ruby it's easy for a platform to obscure so much of its underbelly in the name of of magic that that you can get yourself into some bad practices because you don't understand fundamentals so like i get where people are coming from when they push back against that kind of thing but but i actually think laravel strikes a nice balance between focusing on developer experience and focusing on that 80 percent case and being opinionated enough that you can get off the ground really quickly but also sort of exposing the api in an intuitive way so that you can absorb the fundamental knowledge about you know how this thing works yeah and again that argument is kind of reductionist anyway right because at some point you could say well, if you don't understand how the assembly language works, then right. you have no business <laughs> using the thing. And, and you know, because right. at some point it just gets to be kind of a silly argument. Of course, we're using abstractions. So I have been looking into Laravel and I've been taking some, I've been watching some of the Laracasts and building out some simple apps, like just to have fun with it. One of the things that struck me was, struck me as weird, was the fact that they introduce all of these globally scoped helper functions that as kind of a, I don't know, that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But I was talking to Matt about it and, and Matt, you had uh, some reason why you said that I shouldn't care about that. Yeah, well, there is always a reason to care about it because you don't want your global namespace polluted. And that's always the main argument against that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. However, with frameworks like Laravel, you are essentially opting into that as a choice. As, mm. as a developer, you begin that project and you choose a specific framework to use. And I think it should be the global namespace can be owned by something, in my opinion. And mm. in that scenario, it may as well be the framework that owns that global namespace. And as long as there's only one thing trying to influence it, it gets rid of the biggest challenge with having global namespace functions and things like that, because you won't have collisions because it's all organized by a single person. Mm. Um, and so you just have to try, you have to kind of balance that against the, the mess that can be made. As long as it's done responsibly, I don't really see the problem with it if it increases people's development velocity. But I, but I find it ironic to talk about polluting global namespace in a language like PHP that has, what, 1,100 methods in its global namespace? So yeah, right. like, what's an extra seven or eight? Well, it's a lot more than seven or eight. But right, the thing, right, right, when right. I was first looking at it, the, I, you know, my first reaction was, ew, like, why do this? But then I, I was just like, you know what? I'll bet you this is one of the things that people that are new to PHP or new to Laravel, I'll bet you this is actually one of the things that they just love. The fact that there are these convenient helper methods here that they don't have to put, you know, 10 use lines in their code and they don't have to namespace stuff. They can just, just start writing code. And I bet you that the thing that I mean, it's not a big deal. The thing that bothered me a little bit when I looked at it is probably one of the reasons why some people love it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that Laravel has taken a, a good stance on not throwing everything in the global namespace. They mm-hmm. select the key functions that are used in like, say in your controller functions in Laravel, you always or pretty much always need to return a response from those functions. So you have a choice at that point. You can either give someone a helper function so they can just type response or you can force them to dive all the way into the, or use at least the proper namespace from the Symfony package that sits underneath Laravel right. or the Laravel abstraction of that. But you have to know what those namespaces are or you have to kind of use your ID to help you find it. So it's kind of that trade-off. How do you get people started really quickly with functions that you know they are going to be using in mm-hmm. like, a good percentage of the code that they write? And I talked to Rias about it. So Rias is a someone who was in the craft community quite a bit and wrote a number of plugins. He wrote Scout. And he ended up leaving his agency job where he was doing a lot of craft work to go work at Spatty. Is it Spatty or Spady? I don't remember which. And they do just Spotty. custom... What is it? Spotsy. Spotsy. Thank you. And they do tons of just custom Laravel development. Like that's what they do. And I asked him about this global namespace thing and all the helper functions. And he's like, yeah, we don't use that (laughs) because they literally just don't use it at all because it makes it difficult for them to statically analyze the code and some other things that like they literally just don't use it. So then I think it's totally fine because if you can just not use this thing and just don't worry about it, you know, what's the big deal? Make it something that people that are new to it or want to use these convenient methods can use them. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But I'm not here to critique the whole framework because every framework sucks in one way or another. Every framework is awesome in in one way or another. I want to hear from Lindsay, who is someone that has done a ton of plugin development for Craft over the years, and you have learned a ton about Yi lately. How do you feel about the prospect of potentially having to relearn a whole ton of stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's really fascinating because at this point, I have zero Laravel experience. But what I do have is hearing people talk about it for years now, uh, positively, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there was a lot of shifting around in Laravel itself years ago, but that seems to have settled. And then right. we're at a point now where the Laravel community kind of has like a comfortable overlap with the craft community. And so just mm-hmm. from that community perspective, it would make sense to shift in that direction. I don't feel like there's a ton of people in the craft community who feel married to Yi, other mm. than the fact that it's just in there already. Right. And so, look, I'm certainly nervous about the prospect of reporting all of my plugins again, right? I mean, the the shift from Craft 2 to Craft 3, I I think I'll speak for most developers here when I say it was a nightmare, but not a nightmare in that it was hard, in that it was just so long and tedious and just... Mm. Every nuance has to be attended to. You know, you guys mentioned earlier that when they shifted from Yi1 to Yi2 in Craft Core, Laravel barely existed. That's probably true because it was like two or three years before Craft 3 was released. And that what they did was that they moved to Yi2 first as like the first move and then spent like another year or two changing Craft. Right. right? I think Brandon has expressed regrets in not releasing an earlier version of Craft that was just a straight port from Yi1 to Yi2, because in theory, that would have been a lot easier to deal with. You know, in, instead, what we ended up with, for the greater good, ultimately, but instead, what we ended up with was a whole new API to deal with, effectively. Right. Um, and so all the plugins need to be rebuilt from scratch. Now, would we encounter that again if we move from Yi2 to Laravel? Well, maybe, but if we would encounter the same thing moving from Yi2 to Yi3, right. it starts to become a moot point. Right. You also get a 
going back to the developer experience, right? You'll, you'll yield all those benefits into the future and not to mention the benefits of Laravel improvements. And even the, I mean, we talked about like training, you know, earlier with Laracasts and CraftQuest, but even the large number of Laravel developers out there. So I see this as a two-way kind of revolving door in a way where like you'll have existing Laravel developers who haven't worked on Craft who could potentially be interested in actually building new things for Craft. You know, I think there's all sorts of considerations there for existing plugin developers who have maybe commercial business on top of that. I think that comes back to a point that you made before as well, where you said that it doesn't necessarily impact the the usability of craft for the end user, which is what Pixel and Tonic will be mostly focused on. But it could in that it has more people being able to build potentially bigger, more complicated plugins or just more in terms of the number of plugins that are available for craft, which in turn impacts the end user's experience of craft. Absolutely. Yeah. So you'll get this influx of existing from the existing Laravel community. But I also think there, there's the, this, the other way of this door is the existing people working in craft, maybe, you know, we know like Andrew, you've been working on plugin development and maintaining plugins. You know, if you say, oh, wow, like I've been working in Laravel in the, in the within the framework of a craft plugin. Now I want to go kind of go see what it would be like to actually develop a standalone application like that. And I feel like there's way better chance of people going that way to learn actually building full applications in Laravel than there is with Yi. I just don't see that people flowing in that direction. They're like, oh, I built a Lindsay, you know, I built a, 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 a Yi you know, a craft plugin with Yi. I'm going to go see what it's going to be like to work in the Yi world, developing custom <laughs> yeah. apps. To me, that, that, that dynamic is super exciting. And I could be just too close. I think a lot of us are maybe too close to the Laravel world, but to me, that's that's way more appealing and exciting than, than what we have with Yi. Right. And when I talk with Phil about custom applications in craft, I kind of mentioned, I'm like, you know what, what you're building in Laravel, you totally could build that in Yi if you wanted to. And it's true. You totally could, but that's not what his developers are trained to do. That's not what he's trained to do. Why would he? You know what I mean? Like, what what's the point there? And the question I asked you earlier, Phil, about is it technically possible to build this thing on Laravel? Is it a good idea? I mean, I think that was answered by Statimic 3, right? They built mm -hmm. the whole CMS using it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and what Ryan was just talking about in regards to flow of developers going from CMS to application platform, like that's what we're seeing pretty actively in Statimic 3, because the developer can come in, build their site, and then the client says, hey, I want something else. And there's the Laravel docs, which are excellent. There's Laracasts, which are excellent. Mm -hmm. And so the, the journey of that developer is, is much smoother to the app development world. In my opinion, like I don't care about Laravel. I don't care about Yi. Their frameworks, I can use one or the other. It doesn't make a difference to me. The community, the training resources and all of that kind of stuff around it, when you Google a problem that you're going to find tons of answers, you know, that's huge from a staffing perspective. If you wanted to hire people that could potentially work on the underbelly of this thing for you, I think that is huge. Ransom, you're someone that you work in an agency where you have to work with a whole lot of different platforms and, and things like that. What is your opinion on this? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It makes you wonder... If, if I'm going to have to switch and relearn or retrain my staff to work in another platform or another framework, I might just consider, well, if we're doing this, maybe we should look at other CMS in this opportunity, you know, because mm. it's going to be a lot of work to, to retrain them anyway. So these opportunities don't come very often. Not to say I would. But hypothetically, it's going to be a huge cost no matter how you slice it. So 
where are you going to get the most benefit? From my perspective, I think if it moved to Laravel, I, we, we use Laravel, we love Laravel, and that'd be pretty exciting. It'd also be a giant headache and our clients wouldn't care. <laughs> yes. So, you know, that's the other perspective is how is it going to help our clients? Not at all. It's really doing nothing for them other than maybe making it a little bit easier of a pitch on the CMS because Laravel is a little bit better, a little well-known, a little bit more well-known than... What if, what if it would help Ransom from the perspective of they want an integration into some obscure service somewhere? Mm. And if it is based on Laravel, there's probably an integration somewhere that someone has written. Whereas with Yee, there might or might not be. Would that potentially be something that could be helpful? Maybe... Uh, I think it would not make a huge difference. Mm. Uh, usually if the integration is that specific anyway, you're going to end up changing it or rewriting it or forking it. You know, and it's definitely something to consider. I know there's been a few opportunities or a few cases where I've had to look at an integration and the feasibility of putting it in craft. And the first place I'll start is looking at a WordPress plugin because there's a WordPress plugin for everything. And if they can do it in WordPress, you can do it in anything. So starting there, same goes for Laravel, just taking a look and seeing how it's done. So I guess my point is I don't I don't think it makes a huge difference. It's still going to be a pretty beefy amount of work. And I think you work at an agency that is somewhat of an exception in that you have invested a whole lot into people learning plugin development and the underpinnings of craft. Because I think, the like Michael was saying before, I think the vast majority of people that interact with craft in one way or another, they just don't really care. Like they're not going to get into any kind of plugin or module development for most of the sites that they build. So the only reason they might care about the framework would just be maybe the availability of availability of modules or or, or plugins or that type of thing? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to just user-facing features like mm. translation is a big one, internationalization. That's not that's not a pleasant experience in WordPress. Mm. What so, about in Laravel? I don't know enough about Laravel to know how the internationalization features are in there. And Matt, maybe you could you could help us out because I've dinked around in Laravel, but you actually built your served.host hosting for craft CMS, you actually built the admin stuff in Laravel, right? So there's got to be a reason why you did that in Laravel. And are there any things that the Yee framework has that maybe because of the nature of Laravel and because of the difference in the things that you build are lacking from Laravel? That is a difficult question because I haven't dived too far down into Yee specifically to be able to compare it to my experience in Laravel. So my I was a Laravel developer before I even knew about Craft. Mm -hmm. um, so my background has always been in Laravel and it's my go-to framework, which is why I use it for things like um, if I need to make a dashboard for a serve, for instance, then that's the tool that I went for because I knew it would give me the, the best uh, velocity to actually get features built. And also it comes back to something that you mentioned earlier with just the number of integrations and plugins that are available for craft that are mm. well built and maintained as well, which is quite mm. important Th that when you do start a Laravel project, you know that a lot of the tools that you need to get things done are already out there for you to go and find and then start integrating. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of the feature sets of the actual frameworks themselves, internationalization is actually something that I haven't touched at all in Laravel. 
Mm. There absolutely will be multiple packages that will help you to do it in Laravel. So the chances are that if you need to do some very complicated internationalization, then you'll be able to find a package that does specifically what you want to do. There are surface level internationalization things built in there, like there's a translation framework and things like that that mm. come as part of part of Laravel itself. But I've never dived too deep into that. And again, if Statamic 3 is able to, to use this, then I would assume that it's all going to be there. And also Laravel itself takes a whole lot of bits and pieces from Symphony. So if there wasn't something there that you really needed, you could just pull it in from Symphony, right? I would assume, Michael, that's something you could do. Yeah, but both Laravel and Yi make extensive use of, of Symphony yeah. components under the hood. And that is kind of, as I see it, the future of, of where PHP is, is going is that people are starting to write more framework agnostic code. A lot of the Yi3 packages are taking that direction where the Yi3 packages will not depend on Yi core and they'll be framework agnostic. The the eloquent components in, in Laravel are taking the same direction and, and they're getting split out of Laravel one by one and, and made framework agnostic. So, you know, with the development of the language, the development of the, the PSR, we're starting to see that direction where more and more packages are becoming framework agnostic, which is which is good for everybody. Right. So, Andrea, I want to ask you a question because you are someone that you have been doing recently uh, a good bit of module and plugin development. And as part of that, you've had to learn Yi, right? So you've invested some time in there. How would you feel about the idea of having to basically just throw out everything you've learned at some point? You know, we're, we're not talking about it's not going to happen tomorrow. Probably it's two or three years away. But about throwing away everything that you've learned with Yi in order to learn Laravel if craft switched over. I, I can actually say that I have learned very much about Yi, really. I, I don't feel like I really know about Yi. I'm probably using it without really knowing it. What's helped me a lot to get started with the module development that I've been doing are, of course, your articles on NY Studio uh, 107 and also Ryan on CraftQuest, the craft development courses there. Uh, given by Ben. So I'm not that far along and I wouldn't mind at all <laughs> throwing that out and going to Laracas where they teach you the PHP that you need to know in order to then learn the Laravel framework and then right. move on to developing plugins and modules for craft. So, and, and that to relates your point, to- Andrea, that's what we're missing in Yi. Yeah, right? there's Is no Yi casts, yep. right? CraftQuest, as far as I know, you're not teaching PHP or Yi. Yeah. Are you? And yeah. Well, no. he, is, he is a little bit, but part of the reason I think there isn't no GeekCast, and maybe Ryan can correct me on this, but I, I just don't think there's a huge market for that. And the other thing is, like, let, let's say Craft was already on Laravel and you had started to learn Laravel just so you could make this plugin or module or whatever. Now, on your resume, that's something that you can add to your resume that I think has value, that you can right. say you've done some Laravel development. Whereas right now, if you put on your resume that you have done Yi2 development, ah, like, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that that's my perception that it doesn't mean as much or people will go, well, what is, what is ye? I think Laravel is more recognizable. And my, yeah, the biggest I, I, facepalm I had of all time is when I learned that ye stood for yes, it is. Like that was, <laughs> that was the dumbest thing. T-I-L. Uh, I didn't actually know that. Yeah. Uh, I think 
one of the things that I've found is that people come, at least to, to CraftQuest and Andrew, probably to your articles and other resources, they, they come with a specific purpose in mind. They come because they're looking to solve a problem, they're looking to, which could be building a plugin, and they want to find the shortest path to get there. And so, so I don't think that like there's really a, probably a lot of a lot of desire to explore and go like, oh, let me go like into Yi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because it's not as well known in, you know, as and as active, uh, at least from my view as, and again, like I'm, you know, I have all the bias that I have as, as Laravel. And I, I still think that the, if you get into the Laravel ecosystem, even if you go to the Laravel homepage and you just see their whole ecosystem and all the, you know, all the apps and services that they offer, it's, it's vibrant. It's, it's, it's regular updated. They have a whole conference. So there's, there's just so many more opportunities in there to where you not even just put it on your resume, but just the, the, the raw skills that you would learn if you, if you picked up that framework. And they have a, a dude sitting on a Lamborghini with his hat backwards and sunglasses on, right? Kind of chilling, right, Phil? <laughs> I, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, can, I don't know can which we, side of the balance that can we, can we not? But, but look, look, I mean, uh, I think we, we can sit here and fanboy about Laravel because it's an excellent framework and the, the branding is so on point and Yi hasn't, hasn't focused on that. But, but also, like, let's give credit where it's due despite not being the, the new hotness the, with the Twitter buzz and the, the sexy branding and, and like, Yi is a great framework. Yi is mature. It's slow moving. It encapsulates a lot of really good development practices and, and concepts. And the deeper into Yi you go, you are learning fundamentals of good application design. And I think Yi was an excellent choice for Craft 3. Yi would be a fine ye too would be a fine choice for for craft versions into the future i think there's there's advantages to a framework like laravel that that is not so encumbered by a long having a longer tail history than than laravel but i i don't think it's true that learning ye is not doesn't give you transferable or attractive skills i mean ye is is extremely well known in enterprise spaces it's it's known to be a very capable very mature framework and i would be just as confident putting ye on my resume as Laravel. But to be fair, though, I, I, I mean, Laravel has been around for almost 10 years. So it's not it's definitely not like the new Twitter hot. Yeah. And like, I think I th- yes. Yeah. And but I will say to Michael's point, ye is a solid framework, right? Like we're all talking about how awesome Laravel is. And it is from what I hear. I've never used it, but I have used ye and it is solid. Like we can't we can't say that ye is garbage. It's not. OK, but ye moves at a glacial pace. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's part of the problem. Craft itself is trying to get off of this glacial pace of mm-hmm. upgrades. And that is one of the reasons that Laravel has actually been appealing from Craft's perspective. They can actually move on a more regular cycle, which is something that Brandon is eager to do. I mean, I think yeah. if we if we tr- time traveled two years into the future, you know, and someone told us, okay, COVID's still going on and Yi 3 still hasn't come out, no one here would be surprised. <laughs> Wait, like, wait, wait, super wait, wait, disappointed wait. on both, but yes, not yeah, surprised. No, no. Well, let's let's let Phil get in here because he's got tons of experience with Laravel. I'm curious what you got to say, Phil. <laughs> well, I have two things. So <clears throat> the first is anytime I have conversations like this, I kind of think about the people who, who are building both platforms. Mm. And there are people that are working super hard to make E awesome. Mm-hmm. And while I personally don't have experience with it, they're doing their best to steer this platform in one direction. And so as I hear folks talking about uh, E being slow moving, that 
in and of itself can be a, a good thing because in the Laravel world, you know, we get releases every year and there's a whole there's Laravel shift is dedicated to just running upgrades. And so like from a client's right. perspective, uh, our clients, we we try to always keep them pretty close to to the the most up to date, their up to date release version that introduces cost. If you have a, a platform that is iterating a little slower, uh, you know, that that can have benefits as well. Yeah, I think it's also important to contextualize this in the, the evolution of PHP, because part of Yee's brand promise, if you if you can call it that, and part of the philosophy is that they have held on to backwards compatibility with PHP versions for a very long period of time because there was immense benefit to doing that, especially in like enterprise spaces. It's a lot easier in 2019, 2020 to start keeping your app in lockstep with the latest PHP version mm. than, it, than it was five or six years ago. The DevOps around that is a lot easier. The, the PHP ecosystem is is a lot more communicative. The, the DevOps is better. The documentation is better. It's so much easier to just throw away old PHP versions now and and so a lot of what has has encumbered ye is the same thing that has infuriated people about Laravel and why Craft made the decision not to build on Laravel for for Craft 3 which was at the time the, the Laravel was was releasing a, a point version or like a, a major version every what, nine months to a year and you had to rebuild everything and right. that's just as Laravel has sort of coalesced around a more stable set of philosophies and, and APIs, Laravel has become less volatile, but also just PHP and the DevOps around PHP is better now. And so I think some of those encumbrances may start getting lifted even from Symfony or Yi or, or whatever else where, where they can move faster and everybody building on their tools can, can have a higher yeah. velocity as well. I think you're right that things have become more disposable, right? The cost of getting rid of something, the cost of updating has become much easier. We've, we're containerizing everything. We're spinning up VPSs. The, that kind of move quickly model is easier to deal with because of the disposability of all these pieces that are around it. And I think you, you both you and Philip made an interesting point about the people that are working on it. So the lead developer or the original creator of Yi was Chiang Shu, I believe is his name. And he stepped back and left, I believe, but just before Yi 2 came out. Whereas in the Laravel side of thing, the you know, the driver of it, Taylor Otwell, is still here and around. And, you know, not to say that the people that, that are maintaining Yi are not still quite capable of doing it, but it is interesting to look at from the point of view of the the guy or the person that was driving this thing. In one framework, he said, you know what? I'm I'm out. I'm doing something else. And in the other case, he's sitting in the front of Lambos with his with his hat backwards. What do you think, Patrick? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. The funniest thing is I, there are other options too. We don't have to be thinking about just you know, do we move to E three? Is that a good long term plan? Does that mean we're you know in three or four or five years going to be talking about okay, you know, now where do we move to? Because E three is not moving at a pace where it's attracting developers or it's making craft easy to develop on or sell. You know, does it have to be Laravel? The other thing that's out there is Symphony. I'm you know, a little bit interested to know that has, I think, a lot of the positives that Yi has, where to me, I've always, whenever I've looked at Laravel code, I feel like I'm not looking at PHP. I'm looking at Laravel PHP and Laravel's way of doing things. Personally, whenever I look at Symphony, it feels a little more like Yi, where it's much more straightforward and feels a bit more native to PHP almost. You get, I think, a bit more support, a better roadmap, better velocity. Sensio also makes Twig. Drupal runs on Symphony. I'm wondering if anyone's thought 
thought about that as another platform that Pixel and Tonic may or should be considering? Well, the, the funny thing is, as I think uh, it was mentioned previously, most people don't care yep. what is powering this thing. Like it just re- literally makes no difference. So it even could be something that you could look at like the back end of craft could be written in go using yep. the revel framework if you wanted to or it could be written in elixir using phoenix you know mm-hmm. what i mean like they're and i think for the majority of people they're just not going to care right as long as everything kind of works and functions the way they want it to on the front end what do they care what it's written in the but it does give additional cost right so if you switch a language then you got to retrain your entire staff right to learn that language and to get good at building something in it but i think yeah. it is interesting you know There's- that there There's definitely a balance somewhere, yeah. right? Because it, I think what's most important if we're talking about adoption of craft is the velocity of the craft dev team. Because yeah. the, the more features you can put out, the more you have to sell, the better your adoption. But there is also a layer, and it's a very thin but pretty important layer, which is the ecosystem of, of plugins and package developers, and and their velocity is important too because the craft dev team can't and doesn't want to do everything, and it does help sell a platform if you can say, look at this ecosystem of plugins mm-hmm. and integrations. And so, you know, the the difference between Yi and Laravel and Yi three and Symphony, which are kind of often in the package bucket, and Yi two and Laravel, which are kind of more opinionated full stack frameworks, that's a smaller jump than saying, okay, now we're going to replatform to Go. Because if you replatform to Go, now you've, okay, you can retrain the craft dev team, but but you're also going to ha- push the, the nuclear reset button on that integrations and, and plugins layer. And that has an, an impact on your adoption as well. But it would make Jason McAllister happy, right? So I think but, you know, it's worth worth considering. Phil, did worth, you have something you considering. want to, <laughs> Phil, oh, you I, want to chime in here? Yeah, I was just going to say that while... The majority of craft users don't really care about the underlying framework. From a yeah. business perspective, we ha- we have had a lot of people ask, "What's the community look like behind this?" You know, right. Laravel after offers a lifetime ser- or LT- an LTS. Uh, for their, mm-hmm. for some of their releases. Yeah. And those types of things, when you're dealing with companies that are dropping large amounts of money on a platform, they want assurances that the platform that the CMS is built on is going to be maintained and going to be around for a little while. Um, yeah. And so I don't think it's fair to just say like, eh, no one cares because oftentimes the key decision makers in projects do care. You're absolutely right. So we were talking about it from a developer perspective, but you're 100% right that from a pitching perspective, when you're pitching craft at somebody at a company and they've never heard of it before and you tell them oh it's based on ye they'll be like i have never heard of that either but if you can tell them oh it's based on laravel odds are really good that they've heard of it you know and that that could affect your sale right yeah and their and their cto may say oh great we are we have some people on staff that know this whereas if you say a, a, a framework that either the people don't like so often i mean oftentimes we've gotten when we've said oh we're this is a php platform they're like well our, our devops people only do rails right. you know and that's a whole nother conversation yeah but um it, it doesn't there are definitely people in the room that are decision makers that that need to know the longevity of the the CMS and the underlying platform uh, yeah. are going to be around for a good while. And that's a really good point that the developer community doesn't just benefit developers, but it benefits the people that you're or benefits people that are pitching jobs to clients, right? Because they can say, "Look at this whole community that we've got here," to make them feel more more comfortable about using it. And I think I think we should definitely probably ignore Patrick's suggestion that Craft Four should be built on Code Igniter. Right, we can all agree that that's probably not a thing we should do. Pretty sure. I hear Code Igniter has some great new owners that are doing great things. All right, 
whatever. But I want to <laughs> I want I want to get back to Lindsay. Oh, I got a question. I, for I you. haven't actually heard that. I want to get back to Lindsay and ask him Sir. about again. You're going to have to put in a whole lot of work, assuming that this is put on Laravel. I understand that E3 is going to be different anyway, but in addition to having to do a whole lot of work and, and rethinking and re- learning a new platform, you also potentially are going to have to compete with a whole lot more people. How do you feel about that? You know, that's pretty interesting and not something I've given a ton of thought to. In mm-hmm. fact, I've been thinking about it more over the course of this conversation. Yep. You know, one thing that popped into my head a minute ago is that work with craft would have some immediate competition, which is totally fine. You know, I think it ends up being a greater good situation. Mm. I, I guess, look, I could make the case that a bigger community means more customers. Mm-hmm. And I already have the advantage of being in craft already, right? right? So these people would need to make their way into the craft ecosystem. But I ultimately think it's a good thing. You have two large, thriving communities merging. You know, it can only inevitably lead to one gigantic healthy community. I mean, let's let's look at it from this perspective. Statomic made this exact leap, what, two, three years ago? Somebody knows the answer. And what do they think of that? Do they look back and say a huge mistake? Or do they look back at that and say that was one of the smartest things we ever did? Well, Phil can correct me, but I think it's always based on Statomic. And it's just what changed recently is that they were just requiring it just as a package instead of it being deeply integrated. But I, I may be wrong on that. Yeah, I, I can't remember the history off the top of my head, but I know that the V3 is you can't have Statomic without Laravel. Yeah. Well, V2, though, used Laravel. It was built into it. I know that it depended on it, but it wasn't using Composer and it wasn't just a packet. You know what I mean? Like it was deeply yeah. intertwined with it. Yep. Right. Well, and I'm st- pretty you know, sure... Statomic 2 came at a, a time when Composer was even in its its early yeah. days of, of mainstream adoption, kind of like it took us the same strategy as Craft 2, where it's like, okay, we're, we still have a, a big contingent of people who just want to download a zip file and FTP it to their server and hit index.php and have it run and they don't care about Composer. And so, again, the PHP ecosystem at large has evolved, and and so Statomic and Craft have started to, to follow suit. I think it's interesting because Matt has a business that depends on exclusively serving Craft CMS sites. If this transition does take place, you know... <laughs> <laughs> pretty trivial to then have it start hosting Laravel apps. So like that would open up a massive new business for you, I would think. And Ryan, same way, you've got this business that's based on craft CMS training. I realize you're not going to compete directly with Laracast, but that could potentially bring in a whole lot of new people. How do you two feel? Matt, you can go first. How do you feel about this? Uh, well, from my point of view, there would be some work involved in switching over craft uh, craft hosting from Yi to Laravel. However, when you're talking about hosting, Essentially, it's running the same technology. It's going to be running PHP. It's going to be running Nginx. Hmm. There's not a huge amount that has to change in terms of the infrastructure. It's more around the the DevOps. It's about the deployments. It's about the making sure the directory structures are in the right places and are in the right shape. As long as those things are changed, the actual code that's running on there doesn't really make much difference. Another key point from my point of view would be the way that people want to interact with their projects. Hmm. Because I've found in the past that, well, certainly from my experience of using Laravel versus Yi, that Laravel tends towards people building applications that they interact with in multiple different ways. So that might be very command line driven apps that are built in Laravel versus how craft is currently used and by proxy Yi, where it is all based on 
the kind of the features that craft surfaces from ye that you can use, which tend to be just via the dashboard. Mm. Well, here's a whole nother can of worms. So something that Pixel and Tonic announced a while ago was this idea of craft cloud, where they're going to have this thing kind of hosted up in, and you know, they've been looking at running it as a, a Lambda function using Bref or whatever. If they are seriously considering moving their platform over to Laravel, should they just postpone craft cloud so that they can leverage Vapor? Was anything that sounds like a whole nother interesting kind of dependent chain logistical thing going on there? What do you think? Yeah, I've not had a huge amount of experience with Vapor, but the, with the whole serverless thing, that if they were to make Craft into a serverless product, which they've talked about doing with Craft Cloud, then it further narrows down the way in which people can actually interact with Craft as an application. It essentially boils Craft down to a web page and it essentially makes it into a SaaS platform. So you interact with Craft just via the Craft Cloud website, which then in turn becomes multi-tenant so you can have your own little bit of craft cloud i'm Um, talking about it from a development point of view let's say you're the development lead over at pixel and tonic and you have decided that you're going to move to laravel at some point in the future do you do all of the work to spin up craft cloud running on ye and and running you know potentially using bref or whatever it is that that they're using or would you say well if we're going to do that anyway we should probably just wait and do it when we do the the move to Laravel. What do you think, Michael? Well, I see. I don't see Craft Cloud as competing with Vapor so much as I see it competing with Sanity or, or Contentful or these sorts no, no, of. I mean headless, the underpinnings. I mean, the, I mean, as a service. No, I don't. I don't think you wait. I mean, whether you're gonna do your own Dockering or you know your own Kubernetes or, or, or mm. terraforming or whatever you're gonna do, like at the end of the day, it's it's a PHP application and. So much of that is transferable. I mean, there's there's optimizations for for how an app handles assets, for example, in a in a serverless environment, and and file uploads and sessions, and some of that has there are optimizations that are app specific, but I don't. That's not the crux of it. And so no, if if you want to build your cloud and then you want to replatform your app, then the work that you would do replatforming craft clouds optimizations for for sort of those those transaction layers that's the same work that you're doing replatforming craft anyway and and, and i don't see that as a, a real strategic hold up i don't um, know man i the way i look at it the the work that it takes to take craft cms as it is now there's a whole bunch of work that is going to it's going to take to build that into something that will work as a craft cloud hosted thing and then if you're going to tear the original thing down that you use to create the other thing and you're going to port it to this new platform and then you're going to have to redo it from that platform into the cloud you know what i mean it just seems like a lot of maybe i'm wrong maybe there isn't as much overlap as i'm thinking but it sounds like you're like if i was a lot of work but it's it's not work getting php to run serverless like that's not a trivial thing Right. But it's also pretty much the same no matter what PHP you're running. The the real work is getting the experience around it to be good for the for the customers. It's the customer experience that you're that you're really investing in there. And yeah, I don't know. It really I think it is very important what Craft Cloud wants to be as a product. And I don't really from from what they've revealed so far, I just don't see it as a product being the same as 
and a craft site moving from your your DigitalOcean Nginx VPS to a Lambda function, a la Laravel Vapor or whatever, I see Craft Cloud as wanting to be an API on top of a control panel, mm. and and that's kind of a it shares the same the same framework and and the same face of the product, but in terms of its value prop, it's it's different. It, it's, it's a managed more, service. You know, yeah. So, well, so I, I, I think know. that I maybe I think I don't know, man. I, I think there is probably more work involved with it, and then and and I don't know for sure. But I mean, I, mean, I, I think it's worth mentioning too. And and you actually said this earlier, Andrew, is that the point where Craft is built on Laravel, if or when it happens, could easily be two years from now. Yes. And if that is true, if this is a two years away mm-hmm. proposition, then why stop with Craft Cloud? They announced it over a year ago. They're clearly very excited about it. Right. They should be working on it. And to Michael's point, you can build Craft Cloud the way you want to build it. And when the time comes that you need to replace the Yi part, with the Laravel part, sure. it's only going to be a small fraction of what you have built overall for Craft Cloud. I guess what well, I'm saying is we, we've already care. seen... That's all they've already... about is the API. True. Right. Totally Craft true. Cloud. No, no user of Craft Cloud cares what the framework is because they can't touch it anyway. But I'm not talking about it from the user perspective. I'm talking about it from Pixel and Tonic as a development company that has a finite resources that they have to allocate to build this stuff. Yeah. What I'm trying I, to say is the amount, of, the amount of work that it takes to build Craft Cloud and to get Yi2 slimmed down to the, uh, to the point and Craft slimmed down to the point where it will actually run well as a Lambda function because there, limit- there are hard limitations on that is my understanding. Yeah, but if you've done I think it already, there's a lot of work involved in that. Sure, but put it out and make money with it for two years. And then if you decide to replatform Craft, then replatform Craft Cloud. There's no reason well, for that's, them that's to, assuming to hold up that something they pretty much built. Well, that we is, don't know. That's, that's, a, a, that cloud, that's assuming... Who knows? Close. Who knows? I was about... Yeah. What I'm trying to get somebody get, get out, Jason on the phone. What I'm trying to get out <laughs> here is that this, this this is assuming that Craft Cloud is effectively done and ready to come out relatively soon. What if it's and I don't know this. I'm just speculating. If it's a year off, let's say it would take a year for them to ship this thing. We've already seen them reshift their priorities with Craft 4 coming out, you know, sooner. What if it's going to take a year to do this and then it's a 2-year horizon-ish that they're going to move to Laravel, at some point, it's going to make sense to coalesce these projects together, right? In the Could same be. way. Go it's ahead, an go internal ahead. decision. Like it's it's up to Pixel and Tonic to decide how they want to proceed on. Like we can speculate all day long, but that is a very much a high level Pixel and Tonic decision. Phil is a high level guy. Phil, what would you do if you had you were faced with the prospect of rebuilding this thing, and it, it was a year out to make come out with Craft Cloud, and two years out that you were going to refactor everything to to base it on Laravel? What would you do? Well, I high level picture. I think it's a business decision that has to do with with money. Yep. Um I would look at h- how much what's the percent per what's the what's the ROI look like on this thing. Mm. I, I do have a question though. I thought I thought Craft Cloud was coming out in 2020. <laughs> Bro, we thought a lot of stuff was coming out in 2020. <laughs> but it, is that sorry, I I may not have had my ear to the ground. But that I, I remember I remember that that being announced last dot all in um yeah. Montreal. January but, 2020. And 2020 has been a, a hell of a year. That's, that's true. That's true. Deadlines yeah. get pushed. Look, I, I mean, we we went through the whole thing with Craft 2, Craft 3. Do I 
do I not build a project right now because I think Craft 3 is coming out in three months? And so like anytime you're looking at a future platform, there's going to be this weird in-between period where you're wondering if you should hold on for a sec and and build on the, the latest hotness. But like, again, from the Craft Cloud standpoint, who says they can't build Craft Cloud on Craft 3 and then replatform Craft 5 to Laravel and Craft, right. you know, Craft Cloud is still running Craft 3, Craft 4, whatever. And nobody who's using Craft Cloud cares because all they're interfacing with is a control panel and an API. And so maybe mm-hmm. they don't get some new features for six months while, you know, we're waiting for Craft 5 to come out on cloud or, or whatever. But I, I don't see that they should hold up the business any more than I think I should stop building Craft 3 websites until Craft 4 comes out. Well, and the, the real answer I was kind of trolling for was it doesn't matter, right? And I think the reason it doesn't matter, yes, in two years, they may be fa- uh, uh, looking at moving it to Laravel. But if they don't do that, in two years, they'll be faced looking at moving it to E3. So so it's kind of a red herring. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is the way of technology. And I think, Phil, I think you made an excellent, excellent point that it really is and I hope it ends up being a business decision and not a technical decision, right? So if it makes sense for them from a business point of view to come out with Craft Cloud to start building that up and getting the revenue from it and then being able to use that to better fund their refactor of it, then by all means do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, I think the, the thing that anyone learns with a new product like this is that like gaining just the sooner they can get it out and start gaining a little bit of market share learning from that market share the better Mm -hmm. they're going to be and they're going to refactor it any anyway in two years you know so bite the bullet yeah exactly so it's going to have to be done somehow some way you know so who cares what do you think patrick you still mad about they're not doing it on code igniter yeah i mean ci for life baby um (laughs) yeah i don't know tattoo says I don't know. It it would be very interesting to to know, yeah, where, if there's anything going on right now with Craft Cloud or if been so busy with 3.4, 3.5 that there hasn't been much movement on that. Yeah, it's hard to know. I I have a lot of feelings. Yeah, just around some of the community stuff. And I don't know how far I want to get into that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my first and foremost, I think I'm sure Pixel and Tonics is like, what is best long term for craft? And I don't know what the answer is. Yi doesn't feel like a a great long term solution, just giving its continued lack of interest from developers and possibly from the core team on Yi. Yeah, I don't know. Anybody else got anything they want to chime in here? Yeah, just just quickly, my gut tells me, and I could be totally wrong, that the move would be better for craft. I think mm. it would attract more developers, and that would then in turn be better for Pixel and Tonic as a business. And uh, you know, they'll be able to hire more people, and you know, build yeah greater things. And uh, I think that's what matters, yeah. right? You know, we we are people that live off of the ecosystem. So we want them, we want Pixel and Tonic to succeed. We want them to do awesome, right? Because we live off of this ecosystem. So by all means, let's make it healthy and, and make it grow, you know? I think there's a big wild card sort of elephant in the room, which is we really need to see how Y3 lands b- before we can before we can actually have an intelligent discussion about replatforming to Y3 versus replatforming to something else versus not replatforming at all. Because that it it is going to come down to to a lot of community questions, but it'll also come down to to developer velocity and and however E three lands and where where Laravel is in two years. Who knows? Right. Well, I don't think so. The only thing I could see making a real difference here is if the transition to E three was essentially painless, right? In other words, you have to do almost nothing to get your stuff to work and. 
I don't think that's going to happen because what's the point of a major breaking version if nothing is really going to break or change, you know? And no matter what they do with Yi, I think the, at least to me, the important part is the velocity and the size of the community around Laravel. You know, I mean, to me, that's the big game. You know, I don't, I honestly don't care the syntax of the framework or it comes with this package, that package. I care about the the size of the community around it and the support and the mind share and all those things. I just think that is going to matter more than if it's technically a good framework. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's there's definitely technical aspects that bear very heavily on developer velocity, on security, on enterprise readiness. But uh, you know, I mean, there is also a technical aspect to the community, which is which is another interesting thing to consider. The Laravel community at large seems so much more plugged in with innovation in the front end space, mm-hmm. whereas the Yi develop community tends to be very back-end heavy. And, you know, there's there's advantages to each. A lot of Laravel folks are, are spread real thin because of that. But in terms of the sorts of products that come out of that ecosystem and the mindshare of that ecosystem, I do see benefit in, in having a core group around a back-end framework that is also really in tune with front-end concern. So I'm going to say something that's completely unfair, which is that if we could have perfect 2020 hindsight and we could go back in time, I really wish that they did this move to Laravel when they were doing the Craft 2 to Craft 3 upgrade. I understand it's unfair. They couldn't have known where these different things were going to be going, but that was just so much work that they had to put in. And as Lindsay mentioned, so much work that developers had to put in to then get up to speed with it. I kind of wish that that had already been done. However, pursuant to what Phil said earlier, this is the way of things, right? So if it didn't happen, then it's going to happen in two years or in three years. You know what I mean? Like this stuff is always going to change. So I guess I'm just whining for no reason. There's not a day that goes by that I don't wish I could build a first class middleware in craft. Yeah, (laughs) Sure. Sure. But, you know, also at at the time, it wasn't just the framework. It was the practice around the framework. And Laravel was was solid, but but it wasn't right for craft. I I really in hindsight, I wish the same as you do. But I I don't even see it as a hypothetical might have been because Mm. there was only one right decision at the time. Yeah. No, again, and I prefaced it with, you know, I'm thinking fantasy land kind of stuff. Cause I know I agree with what Phil said originally, even though it was a very politically safe answer, which is that I do have confidence in Brandon and the Pixel and Tonic team that when they looked around at the landscape, it was the right choice. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. But that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast. Make sure to subscribe. And if you enjoy the show, please write a review on iTunes. Tell a friend. Tell Patrick to make this shorter because he promised to. We'd really <laughs> appreciate it. We'd love to continue the conversation. Leave us a comment on devmode.fm or find us on Twitter at devmode.fm. For the devmode.fm podcast, I'm Andrew Welch. I'm Patrick Harrington. I'm Michael Rogg. And thank you to all of our guests. <laughs> Go ahead, everybody. Thank just random say, yeah. randomly say thank you. at the same time. <laughs> Thanks let's make for inviting it, me. Yeah, let's Bye. make it like a big concert. Everyone just say Happy thank you. Thank you. Yeah. To you. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, no singing. I draw the line. No. I draw the line. All right, I'm stopping. I'm cutting. Cute music. <laughs>
punish our listeners like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> what did they ever do to you, man? Bro, have Stopping. you listened to our podcast? Like, do you even know what punish means? <laughs> <sighs> All right. Time to first teat. All right. Stopping that. I appreciate the singing, Michael. <laughs> I know that some people will. I'm a fellow.